Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the wonderful gift to be able to come into your house so that we might worship you, express our love for you, and perhaps most importantly, experience you, feel your presence, and know your goodwill for our life. Lord, we thank you that your love was so great that you could not stay distant or aloof, but broke into your world to express your love and to do something that none of us could do for ourselves. You have covered our sins. You have made a way of reconciliation. You have healed us. You have given us hope. And for this, we thank you and we worship you today. Holy Spirit, come. We beg you. Do what no human can do. Open our eyes and our heart. Help us to feel your presence. We need you so. As we study your holy word today, won't you breathe fresh life into it? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. It is in your name we pray. Amen. This morning I'd like to begin by reading the story of creation. And as I read it, won't you do something? Won't you do something? Won't you act as if this is the very first time that you've heard the story? Won't you just listen? And what I would so beg you to do is just see with your mind's eye the glory and the amazement of this moment, the awe, the reverence that we should have of a God that can speak creation into being. Genesis 1-1 begins, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. What did you see in your mind's eye? Can you imagine? Can you imagine nothing? Absolutely nothing. Before there was anything, the Scripture said that it was formless and void. And I just ask you this morning, how can human minds understand nothing? But I know this from the Scriptures, but before there was anything, God was. God said, God spoke into creation. The voice, the voice of God created everything. Hey, listen, can you create anything? I'm not talking about rearranging things that have already been created. The Hebrew word for created is the word bara, and, it, and it's the only thing, it's only used in conjunction with our Heavenly Father. Can you create anything in the space that hovers between you and I? Just speak, won't you? Speak something into creation. Anyone? We'll wait. We can't. Because only God can recreate. Genesis 1.26 Then God said, He spoke, He said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. 
And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female. He created them. The Scripture says, let us in our image. And here we have from the very beginning of the Scriptures, what do we have? We have the Trinity. We have let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit coming together. And by the way, creating. Not out of a lack. Not out of God needs something to be whole. No, out of His perfect love. Out of His overflowing love, He created us the pinnacle of His creation. And He gave us the honor of watching over, being the caretaker of everything. This is the creation story, correct? Would you be surprised to know that some people believe there's a second creation story also in Genesis? Don't be worried, I teach no heresy. But in Genesis 2 and 4, it seems like the story begins again. It says this is the account. What follows is the account. We have heard one account, now we hear another. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven, now no shrub of the field was in the earth yet, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But didn't we see just before that man had been created? Let the earth sprout vegetation, it said in Genesis 1.11. Don't be troubled, because some events just require more than one small human perspective. Consider the four Gospels and how just the, the story of Jesus Christ... It requires more than one small human perspective. Just imagine, if you could, standing over the shoulder of God as if that was possible as He spoke creation into being. I don't understand. I can't really see in my mind's eye. How is it that there is nothing and then God separates the light from the darkness? And look over his shoulder and just at the sound of his voice, the stars begin to appear in the sky and galaxies begin to, to whirl and planets begin to spin just at the sound of our God's voice. Now, sit down and write it. Describe it. And if you took a hundred years or you took a thousand years, You'd never be able to capture the glory of what God has done. It will never be enough. It reminds me of the book of Job. We remember Job. Job's hurting. So much has been taken from him. He's, he's, he's broken. He's been sick an awfully long time. He's lost his loved ones. He's lost everything. He sits in a pile of ashes, scraping his wounds. A real man with a real struggle and not understanding why all of this is happening to him. And so he cries out to God, God, if I could just have an audience with you, if I could just defend myself, I know that I would be found righteous. And God speaks to Job and he says, all right, come. But before you speak, before you make a defense, before you answer, ask a question, let me just ask you, a question. 
Have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place? Have you entered into the spring of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? And after two long chapters, two chapters of such shaking, jarring question, the only thing that Job can do. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am insignificant. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Because when faced with the glory and the power and the majesty and the awe of the one true God, perhaps the best, perhaps the only thing to do is just to bow down, to raise holy hands and to whisper, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Twenty-five hundred years later, God's people are suffering. They're hurting and they're in slavery and they're in humiliation in Egypt. But in Exodus 3 and 7 it says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. You could hardly call the Israelites a nation at this point in history. They were more just a loosely affiliated kind of ragtag group of tribes in a foreign land. And the Egyptians, on the other hand, they were the mightiest nation in the history of the world. They had literally for centuries been the power on earth. The preeminent civilization in the Mediterranean world, perhaps the world, they revolutionized warfare. They, 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 they mastered the chariot. They, they had it so that they could put two or even more warriors in, in one chariot and they could attack 35 miles an hour. At that time, that was something. And they had literally hundreds and hundreds and a thousand. Can you imagine a thousand chariots coming up over the hill? Who would take on the Egyptians? Who would take on that kind of power? Who on earth? None could stand. The Israelites, hardly. Who could take on? Who could stand against the Egyptians? No one on earth. What power in heaven and earth, the great I am. He said he would deliver his people. Exodus 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am who has sent me to you. I am, meaning I was, I will be, I am, all at the same time. Because he's not bound by time or space. Because He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and there is no power on earth 
that can stand against the might of our God. And so God uses Moses to deliver these ten signs. The last two to me are the most awe-inspiring. The ninth plague, the plague of darkness, when all of Egypt, can you imagine? All of Egypt falls into darkness. Darkness. Pitch black. Not for one day. Not for two days, but for three days. It's in absolute darkness, except where? In the land of Goshen, where the Israelites are. Because the light and the love of God is with His people. The tenth plague, the, the plague of death, death. Exodus 12, 7. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood, the blood of a lamb, and put it on two doorposts and on the lintel of the house in which they eat it. The blood, the blood, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will defall, befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. God guided His people out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. And God destroyed that mighty great Egyptian army and they would never be a world power again after that. God guided His people with a pillar of fire during the night. I would have liked to have seen that. A, 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 a pillar of smoke in the daytime. And then one of the most favorite images of mine in the entire Scripture, God led them to Mount Sinai so that He could meet with His people. Envision this in your mind. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked violently. When the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. And all the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. This is our God. When God drew near, the mountain quaked. Thunder and lightning precede our God in His majesty. And in response, in verse 19, it said, Moses, they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen. But let not God speak to us or we will die. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? And maybe the question doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the sermon. But consider this. That the same God who was before time began, the same God who spoke creation into being, the same God who commands the morning, who understands the expanse of the earth and beyond that all of the universe, the one who holds all things together, the one who crushed the most powerful nation on earth, the one who makes mountains tremble as an appearance that thunder and lightning announce His coming, the same God is the same God that bled and died for you so that you might live. 
after thousands of years of disobedience, after thousands of years of just rebellion against God, this is a continuous cycle that we see over and over again. If you step back and you look at the Scriptures, here's the cycle. It's God loving and people running from Him and in disobedience. And, and because of their disobedience, they, they find themselves in broken and heart-wrenching places. And so what? They cry out finally to God. God comes and is their Savior. And there's worship for a moment until the entire cycle starts again. A cycle of rebellion and a bent running away from God. Until God said to His only Son, Go. Empty yourself of everything that you deserve. Of all of the glory of, love, of heaven. Go, lay down your life, cover their sins with your precious blood so that we might be reconciled with them. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross through Him. The blood. The blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. How will you respond to the blood today? Romans 5.7 says, For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. Good men occasionally do lay down their life for another. Soldiers, we read about that occasionally. They lay down their life. They receive a posthumous medal. Perhaps a, a highway or a school is named after them. We missed up at the remembrance, perhaps shed a tear. A man laying down his life for another? What does he deserve? Certainly a respectful tip of the hat. But God. But God demonstrates His love, His own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, that's me, Christ died for us, much more than having been justified by His blood. We shall be saved from the wrath of God through him, not a good man laying down his life, but a perfect God of the universe laying down his life, shedding his blood for sinners just like you and me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of God. God who makes mountains tremble and swats kings away like gnats. God who speaks and stars and galaxies appear. God who hung on the cross, whose precious blood ran down from His temples, pierced by a mocking crown of thorns. Whose blood ran down from His ripped flesh to the point that we could see His bones. Whose blood ran down 
to cover my sins and cover your sins. God who ran down because his love was too great to be separated from those he loved. What does he deserve? Surely more than misty eyes, a warm thought, a tip of the hat on Sunday morning. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Every day there is a battle that rages in the heart of every believer. And because the church is every believer, it rages inside the church. Will we be obedient to the commands of the one that we call master? Or will we insist on being the master of our own lives? Will we be humble before God and each other? Or prideful? Will we fight for unity? Or just fight? Will we forgive? Or will we nurture ill will? Will we focus on what is important to Jesus? The reaching out to the lost, saving souls and saving eternities? Or will we just settle for our own comfort? What enables a believer? What enables a church to do the hard thing? It's, it's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ who made mountains tremble, who covered our sins, who defeated sin and death and Satan, all for the sake of love. What does He deserve? What does He deserve? Everything. Everything. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. We are a forgetful people. Our priorities can slip. We can lose focus on what's important. We sin. And so out of His great love, Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper so that we might begin again. We might refocus on what's important. We might be forgiven of our sin. We might be washed clean as snow. That we might leave this place in unity, refocused and re-energized about the calling on each one of our lives. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. How will you do this this morning? Will you go through the motions? Will you brush up against it? Or will you take His blood inside you and remember? Inside you so personally and intimately that His blood becomes part of who you are. His will becomes our desire. His command becomes our mission. His love becomes our joy. As we prepare the table, will you also take this opportunity to prepare your hearts? 
and ask yourself in all sincerity today, each one of us, the God who makes mountains tremble, the same God who bled and died for each one of us today, what does He deserve? May I ask the deacons to come forward as we prepare the table.